Now time for the BCHL Podcast. Here's Finn Williams to end the game to the floor. Yeah. He scores! There's a backdoor play. What a goal! Zach Michaelis! Rolling puck in front. Tied up in skate. Rowan Clark with a heroic save. My goodness, Rowan Clark. What did you eat for pregame? Real balls, real shoot scores! Patrick for Nick Real. Donaldson driving the goal, wrapping around. He scores! Brilliant goal by Sean Donaldson. Schleppi to the goal. Once again, he scores! Oh my word, Tyler Schleppi with a dandy! Three on one. A move. Vito back to a move. What a save by May. Coming across with the left leg. My goodness. Hey there. Welcome to the BCHL podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. Thank you so much for joining us again. For the second week in a row, we have a couple of very special guests. Two players with a ton of NHL experience, a couple of BCHL legends, and two players who just had new BCHL awards named after them this week. Our first guest on today's show is former Burnaby Express standout and 14-year NHL veteran Kyle Turris. Turris, as most people know, is the highest draft pick the BCHL has seen come directly from the league when he was taken third overall in 2007 by the Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, Since then, he's had a a long professional career playing with the Coyotes, the Ottawa Senators, the Nashville Predators, and then the Edmonton Oilers for the last couple of years. He's also someone who has a lot of international experience under his belt, playing for Team Canada in various world championships and the world juniors. And he's in the news this week because the BCHL just announced that they are introducing the Kyle Turris Community Award, which is going to be given to one player from each team who goes above and beyond in their BCHL communities. And it seemed like a perfect fit to name this after Kyle because he's well known for his community work since he became a professional hockey player, Uh, especially one story, which we'll get into in the interview, where he scored an overtime winner in an NHL playoff game with the Ottawa Senators and shortly after showed up at a charity event uh, and surprised all the kids there. So uh, that is our first guest today. And then our second guest, another former NHL player, we speak with Jeff Tambellini. Keeping with the theme of new awards, the BCHL also announced just yesterday that they had introduced a long overdue playoff MVP award. And after much discussion and deliberation, uh, the league decided to name it after Jeff Tambellini, who is a former Chilliwack Chiefs player. He was a huge part of the Chiefs 2002 Fred Page Cup championship team, a team that also won the Doyle Cup and and made it all the way to the national championships. After his BCHL career, he played three years at the University of Michigan, was drafted in the first round by the Los Angeles Kings, and played six years in the NHL with the Kings, the New York Islanders, and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Then he wrapped up the second half of his career playing in Europe, split between Switzerland and Sweden. And once the playing career was done and he hung up the skates, he got into coaching and made his return to the BCHL as the head coach and GM of the Trail Smoke Eaters for two years. And for the past two seasons, he has been an NCAA recruiter for the Tampa Bay Lightning, where, of course, he won two Stanley Cups in 2020 and in 2021. All right, enough of the introductions. Let's get to the interviews. Our first interview is with Kyle Turris. As I mentioned, the league just introduced the Kyle Turris Community Award. So, of course, we talked about that. 
about his uh, various community and charity initiatives over the years. And then we get into his playing career, his time in the BCHL, his college career, and of course, his time spent in the NHL. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our interview with former Burnaby Express forward and longtime NHLer Kyle Turris. All right, Kyle, uh, the BCHL has introduced a community award to be given to one player from each team at the end of the season. Uh, and after a discussion uh, with, with members of the league and, and our marketing committee, we decided to name it uh, after you. Uh, so what was uh, your reaction when you first heard about that? Uh, I, was, I was honored. It, um, it's hockey's uh, 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 great sport. And, um, you know, to have a trophy like this named after me where, um, you know, it's not necessarily what you've done on the ice. It's, it's, uh, helping people off the ice and, and taking advantage of the, the position you're in to, um, affect change and, and help people off the ice. Um, it's, it's very important and it's, uh, kind of the bigger picture of, of using, the game and, and, uh, uh, the ability you have to, to help people outside of the game. And it's, it's a very special part of, of the sport. Yeah. You and, and your wife have been heavily involved in community initiatives since you've been in the NHL. And that's, uh, the, the big reason why uh, we decided to name it after you. you, you did touch on this just a little bit, but, um, how, how did you kind of get started? Where does that come from? You know, that community mindedness, um, what, why, why was it so important for you and wife to be involved in those types of things? Uh, I mean, there's a few different answers to, uh, a few different points to touch on to answer this question. But, um, you know, getting started when I, when I got traded to Ottawa, um, it was uh, a very big part of the organization was um, being in the community and, and uh, um, helping different causes. And, and uh, it was just, it was a lot more than hockey. And, um, you know, Nikki Foligno and, and Janelle, um, Daniel and B.B. Alfredson, um, uh, the Smith, Zach and Britt Smith, all these guys that I played with, um, you know, it, it, the older guys on the team, the uh, Alfredsons, really kind of set uh, a precedent for being a part of the community and, and helping um, different foundations and causes, and um, and and the power uh, uh, that Alf had in, in helping affect change, and it it really resonated with all us younger guys and and seeing his example, and um, for me, it kind of got started in, in seeing those guys do it and, and, um, uh, going to the functions and, and really, um, Julie and I sat down and we talked about, um, different ones that, that we would like to get involved, uh, in. And, and then, uh, uh, my roommate at the time was, was Matt Karkner and he was working, my, my first year we were roommates in, in Ottawa there and, and he was working with the, uh, uh, capital city condors. He was an honorary captain. He, uh, he, as he signed that summer with the New York Islanders, he actually called me and asked if, if I wanted to meet with Jim Perkins who had founded the capital city condors. And, um, he thought it'd be a good fit for, for me to, uh, to meet him and, and kind of go from there and, 
So a pretty, uh, pretty well-known uh, inc- instance with you and, and the Condors was back in the 2017 playoffs. Uh, you, uh, there was a banquet for the Condors, and you uh, just happened to have a playoff game that night against the New York Rangers. You ended up scoring uh, the overtime winner, uh, and I know uh, there's some, some photos of the, the people at the banquet huddled around a laptop watching you play, and, and then 90 minutes later, you, you showed up at the banquet. Um, so obviously that was a pretty special night for you given your uh the huge goal you scored in ot and then getting to show up at the the banquet like you did so um maybe just take us back to that night and what it was like for you yeah it was it was a really special night because uh julie and our oldest son beckett were at the game and uh i mean scoring the goal and and getting to celebrate with the crowd and julie and our oldest son um it was very neat and then uh you know after the game it, it was Win or lose, we had planned on going to the the banquet because the timing lined up well. Um, so it just so happened the the ending of the game worked out really well, and we made our way over to the uh, banquet hall that the Condors were at, and it was uh, it was something I'll never forget because I I remember walking in and you know it felt like a hundred hundred kids came over and just bear hugged Julie Beckett and I, and it uh, it was a very very special moment, and it was as if I. You know, I got to celebrate the goal twice, so it was, it was very cool. So I want to want to take you back a little bit further. This is obviously a, a BCHL podcast, so want to talk about your BCHL days. So you played for the Burnaby Express for a couple of years from 05 to 07. Uh, your first year, you put up over 70 points as a 16-year-old, won the Rookie of the Year, and then capped it off with uh, a league championship as well. So uh, looking back to that very first year and kind of making the transition to junior hockey, what was that uh, first year with the Express like for you? It was it was a great year. Um, you know, obviously it ended uh, exceptionally well, and I think the the coolest part about all that is that what is it, it's uh, sixteen or seventeen years later now, and we're uh, we're still very close as a group. Um, uh, we're in group chats that we we talk weekly amongst the the team, so it's it's very cool. But I mean, that year it was just it was. Uh, uh, a great year that uh, you know things came together at the right time. We we kind of made some trades over the course of the year, and uh, we brought in players like you know David Samoas and uh, Jeff Orban and and uh, some older veteran presence, and uh, we we really filled out the team and, and came together uh, chemistry wise and, and just as a group, we came together at the right time and got hot at the right time. And, um, Mark Soros coming back from, from university was a big help and just kind of all, everything, everything came together at the right time and culminated in, uh, in us having great success and, and something that, uh, will be with us forever. And then your second year, you, you didn't necessarily have the same team success with a championship, but uh, from, from a personal uh, standpoint, you, you had an even better year. You put up 121 points. Uh, you won the MVP award, became uh, one of the top prospects heading into that draft. So uh, when, when you think about that second year and, and um, transitioning from, from a rookie to a, a second year player, what do you think allowed you to take your game to that next level uh, in your second year in the league? Uh, we had, we had a really good coach. Rick Lands was a, a great coach that, um, I have a lot of respect for. And, 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, he helped me develop, um, you know, in, in both years. We, uh, we had great guys on the team who, who really pushed each other and, and, uh, kind of brought the best out of every, every, everybody else on the team. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of the common thread for, for both seasons is we just had a good group, a really good team. And, uh, it allowed, um, me to have the success that I did. And, and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I am still, still, bitter about uh, the loss to Nanaimo in game seven of my second year because we had uh, our captain Tyler McNeely had a, a high ankle sprain so he didn't play the first five games of the series and we had uh, in game seven I I got hit and didn't uh, didn't really play much of the second and third period and I, uh, I mean Nanaimo went on to win the league so I I thought that we could have done that as well, but it, uh, I mean, they're a good team too. So yeah, I mentioned how um, the the draft buzz was kind of building that second year as well. Uh, you were eventually selected third overall at the 2007 draft by the Phoenix Coyotes, um, and ca- kind of an interesting part of that is at the time they're coached by Wayne Gretzky. So uh, you, you hear your name called, you go up on stage, and who's there to greet you? But one of the greatest players of all time. So um, I'm sure I'm imagine that made that special moment uh, e- even more special in your mind. Yeah, it was, it was very special. Um, and you know, just getting to know Wayne was, was cool. He, I mean, he's such a humble down to earth, uh, nice guy that, uh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun kind of spending time with him and my, my coaching staff, my rookie year in Phoenix was, uh, Wayne was the head coach and then all Samuelson was an assistant coach and Grant Fuhr was our goalie coach. So it was, uh, it was quite, quite the crew. Yeah, a lot of experience on that staff. Yeah. Um, so before uh, your rookie season in the league, you played one year at the University of Wisconsin. You were only there for a short amount of time, but what was your college hockey experience like? It, it was great. It's uh, every, every part of it I, I really enjoyed. Um, on the ice, it, it felt like an NHL atmosphere. You know, we, we actually, my... Uh, the year that I played at, at Wisconsin, we averaged 13,500 fans. And when uh, the following year going to Phoenix, we averaged uh, 13,000. So it was, uh, it actually was like an NHL atmosphere in, in Madison. The facility, the Cole Center was just phenomenal. Um, coaching staff, Mike Eves was great. Marco Siki as an assistant was good. And just the, the whole on ice experience was very cool. We had, we had a, a great group of guys. My roommate was Ryan McDonough and, and he's awesome. He's one of the best. And then off the ice, it was, uh, you know, it was something that I, uh, I grew and, and learned as an individual and, uh, made lifelong friendships that, uh, I mean, my, my best buddy, I, I talked to every day and, and, uh, he's my best man at the wedding. Um, I, uh, he still lives in Madison, so it's, uh, and obviously I met my wife there, so it's, uh, it's, uh, a place that's very close to my heart. 
So when, when it was time for you when you were younger to kind of map out your future and decide what route you wanted to take to eventually make it to the NHL, what was it about the college route that was the most appealing for you and, and you ultimately decided to go that way? Uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of different factors that played into it. Um, I, I was always smaller growing up. I, uh, I didn't really grow until grade 11, grade 12. And, uh, I was very lanky and and thin, uh, when I did grow. So I I didn't really have much strength and, and meat on me. Um, so I, I always thought that, uh, you know, the college route would, would allow me extra time to develop and, and grow into a, a, a more physically prepared player with the extra years that it offered. And to be honest, I, I mean, I always hoped to make the NHL and, uh, um, play in the NHL at some point, but I was, I was never, I mean, you're never certain it's a a sure thing. Right. So, um, it kind of allowed me to, uh, um, gain an education from a, a good school at the same time. And, uh, while still, uh, keeping my NHL dream alive and, I mean, I didn't anticipate things going so well, uh, kind of, cause I, I committed on scholarship when I was 15 playing with the, the Grandview Steelers and I, uh, I didn't know things were going to, uh, go so well, uh, the next few years. And then I was going to be leaving after one year. So, um, but it's, uh, it was a great experience and one that, uh, I'm glad I chose to go the route I did. Yeah, and it's it's obviously worked out for you. You've now been in the NHL for 14 years. Stops in Phoenix, Ottawa, Nashville, Edmonton, and uh, included some playoff runs. We talked about that 2017 run with the Sens. So when you think back on, on your career so far, uh, are, are there any moments, any particular moments in time that stand out to you as highlights during your professional career? Uh, yeah, that, that playoff run in Ottawa in 2017 was... Uh, was something I'll, I'll remember for a long time. It, um, I mean, there's just so many neat parts to it, you know, Clark MacArthur, uh, coming back and, and, you know, scoring the series winning goal against Boston in the, the first round. And, um, I mean, just the team really came together and, and being able to, to go, you know, toe to toe against Sid in the conference final and, and going to game seven, double overtime, um, against one of the best players to, to have played the game was, uh, a real special experience for me. And, and like I said, something that I'll remember for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's not just been, uh, uh, the NHL that, that you've been got to experience, uh, during your career, you've had the opportunity to represent Canada many times, uh, over the years as well, including the U 18s, uh, back when you were in the BCHL, the world juniors, the world championships, how special is it for you to get to play in those tournaments? Um, and, and wear the Maple Leaf. It's, it's very special. You know, it's, it's an honor anytime you get chosen to represent your country. And, um, I mean, winning, the, the goal that the world juniors, uh, was one of the highlights. Um, but, uh, we also had a really good group in, in, uh, Slovakia when we finished runner up to Finland and, and lost to them in the, the gold medal game at the world championships in 
2019. So it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate and lucky to have uh, the experience I've had with, with Hockey Canada. Last question for you. Um, so we just wrapped up the 60th anniversary season of the BCHL. So uh, we did uh, a lot of talking to former players and, and alumni from the league. Um, and you were obviously a significant part of that history. So when you think back on your time in the BCHL and kind of where you went after that, what does is, what is the league uh, mean to you? It, it has a ton of meaning to me. You know, it's, it's, uh has a... Uh, it's had a, a massive impact on my career and the trajectory of my career. And, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the phone call, you know, we, uh, it, it formed some lifelong bonds that are, uh, our, um, national championship winning Burnaby express team. We still talk, you know, weekly in our, our group chat. So it's, uh, it, it was a great experience for me. I'm, I'm thankful uh, for the opportunity that Darcy Rhoda and, and Rick Lambs gave me with the Express. And um, yeah, I just, I feel very fortunate to have played with the guys that I did and, and had the success that we had. All right, Kyle. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. Really appreciate it. Um, and uh, all the best uh, to you going forward. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Thank you so much to Kyle Turris for joining the podcast. Uh, someone who's well deserving of the honor of having the Kyle Turris Community Award named after him. And of course, some great stories there from his time in the BCHL and the NHL. All right, let's move on to our second interview. We speak with Jeff Tambellini. As you already know, the league just announced a new playoff MVP award named after Jeff, the Jeff Tambellini Trophy. So, uh, we had plenty to discuss on that front as he reflected on the 2002 Chilliwack Chiefs championship team. Uh, so we get into that. We get into his playing career uh, at the University of Michigan and, of course, in the NHL. Uh, and then his post-playing career where he got into coaching, came back to the BCHL to lead the Trail Smoke Eaters to a couple successful seasons, uh, coached one of the best players the league has seen in, in recent memory in Kent Johnson. Uh, and then moved on to the big leagues where he has been an NCAA recruiter for the Tampa Bay Lightning the last two seasons and uh, a recent two-time Stanley Cup champion. All right, let's get right to it. Here is our interview with BCHL alumnus Jeff Tambellini. All right, Jeff. Well, uh, the big news is the BCHL has added a playoff most valuable player award and has named it the Jeff Tamalini trophy. Um, so when you hear that, um, knowing that you, you played in the league, um, and coached in the league as well, what does it mean to you to hear that news? Well, it's, uh, it's a big honor. I'm, I'm very humbled. Uh, that's probably my first reaction. Uh, there've been so many, outstanding players uh, and champions throughout uh, you know, the last numerous years throughout the BCHL. Uh, so to be, to be named on that trophy, uh, especially to me, uh, having the ability to play in the playoffs and have a chance to win uh, that trophy myself uh, with the Chilliwack Chiefs, it was a big honor. So uh, something I don't take for granted, and uh, it's, uh, it's very exciting, and I'm looking uh, – forward to watching a, a lot more teams win that award and a couple of players have uh, outstanding playoffs and, and get recognized 
Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Chilliwack Chiefs. You were a member of the Chiefs uh, for a couple of years, from 2000 to 2002. Uh, I, I know that was quite a while ago now, but when you think back on that time of your career, uh, what do you remember? What stands out to you? Well, we had such an amazing team. Uh, I think it was it was built from top to bottom. Harvey Smeal did an amazing job of uh, building one of the most dynamic teams, one of the toughest teams, uh, and a team that could play the game any any way uh, the opposition wanted to play. So uh, there wasn't too many groups that I, I felt more bonded to going through it with. And uh, just the depth uh, that Harvey was able to put together. Uh, he really built the team from the year year prior to that uh, added to it in the second year and it was an outstanding group and uh, a lot of good memories from that season yeah and you obviously uh, enjoyed some personal success uh, that year uh, uh, leading the way when it comes to offense for your team and the league throughout the playoffs so um, what, what do you remember about uh, that time personally how uh, things were kind of clicking for you uh, what, what stands out to you in that respect the, again the biggest thing was the depth of our and the strength of line mates that I had with Gabe Goche and David Vandergoek, both guys were uh, over 100 point scorers. Uh, and our other group that was probably a, just as good of a, a, a first line with Micah Sanford, Caleb Betts, and Matt Gibbons, they were also three other 100 point players. So I was able to have offensive success along with six other guys that put up amazing numbers. But it was the depth of everybody doing it at the same time that was probably the hardest to handle for teams. Um, and maybe Harvey started us on the, on the power play first. So we might've got a couple extra, but, uh, <laughs> overall, if we don't, if we don't have those other guys, uh, uh, our, our group probably never puts up the numbers that uh, we're able to. So as is the case for, uh, many BCHL players, uh, you, uh, ended up playing NCAA division one after your career in the league, uh, and you, uh, attended and, and played at the university of Michigan, a school, uh, obviously well known for producing NHL talent, uh, in your three years there, uh, what was your experience like? Well, Michigan was the all-American experience I was looking for. Um, Red Berenson was the coach there, had an amazing NHL history, collegiate history, um, and he was providing players a chance to amazing school, uh, get a degree, and play on a top college team. And that was very intriguing to me. So, my three years there, it checked every box that I was I was hoping to hoping to experience. We had fantastic teams. Uh, played with outstanding players and just those three years really prepared me to transition to pro hockey and um, it was just everything I'd hoped it would be. Yeah, during your time at Michigan, you were uh, drafted in the first round by the LA Kings and eventually uh, embarked on a six-year career in North America, split with, between the AHL and NHL. Uh, but I, I did want to ask you about one season in particular. You actually ended up finishing that run in Vancouver uh, with a year with the Canucks in 2010-11. Uh, having grown up in BC and played your junior ho hockey year, how special was it for you to suit up for the Canucks that season? It's always special to suit up for your hometown team, but for me to come in the year where the expectations were so high for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, it was a real challenge, A, to find space on that roster. Uh, anybody that came to training camp that year uh, was fighting for a job, and it was a, it was an amazing team, again, going back to a really strong group uh, with depth at every position. Uh, and to go through that experience and come within the game of winning the Stanley Cup in Vancouver, 
it was amazing. It's it's once in a lifetime experience uh, to do that, and we're <laughs> we're disappointed that we came up one short, but it was an amazing run uh, to go through that from start to finish with uh, with the Canucks. Yeah, and one thing uh, that you're well known for in these parts, and uh, it uh, might be a little funny coming from a guy like you, a first-round pick with your pedigree and your offensive talent, but one thing that you are well known for is uh, a, a famous back check in, in the game against the Nashville Predators. Um, uh, when you think back to that, uh, it was a playoff game, a big game. Um, what, what do you remember about that play in that situation? Well, I remember Lane Vigneault saying at the start of the playoffs, he just said, you never know when your moment's going to come where you have to make a big play on the series. And it could come in the first round. It could come in the final. It was a play where uh, I addressed on the line. We weren't playing a lot that night. And it was in the second period, and the puck got behind us. And I turned around and saw Martin Erat standing on the far blue line. And if I hadn't caught him, I sure that was our our last shift of the night so sometimes the the urgency kicks in the high gear and uh, right, uh, to make a play and, um, again it's just something you don't think about but you see a chance to make a big play not take a penalty shot and i'm just lucky that uh roberto stopped the, the puck at the line and we were we were okay and we were able to finish off nashville that night so after that year with the Canucks, uh, you ended up leaving uh, the country and, and the continent to play in Europe, where you where you played five of the next six seasons. Uh, what went into your decision to leave and, and head over to Europe? Uh, the biggest thing the first year was Bob Hartley, who ended up coming back to the Calgary Flames, uh, brought me over. Uh, and that was the most intriguing part, was just finishing with Vancouver. We had been chasing a Stanley Cup, and I really had the to go chase another championship and Bob sold me on the opportunity to play for him and take a really big role with his group and uh, we were able in that first year to win so uh, it was a different experience uh, going overseas but I was really drawn to the chance to play for Bob and experience and uh, it was one of the one of the best years I had going over that first year so uh, something I something I enjoyed uh, a different uh, different path than Staying in North America, but uh, I enjoyed it and um, for him for for that season. Yeah, and, and shortly after um, you ended up retiring in, in 2017. Shortly after that, uh, things kind of came full circle for you. You became an assistant at the University of Michigan for a year, and then eventually uh, came back to the BCHL, where you were head coach and GM of the Trail Smoke Eaters for two seasons. So, um, for you. Uh, uh, your playing days were done, but what was it like coming back uh, to the league um, as a coach instead of a player? It was it was an experience again, like you said, to come full circle. Uh, the BCHL really gave me my my path to you know playing NCAA hockey and leading into hockey, and uh, to be able to come back after a season in Michigan. Uh, it was so exciting a to go to Trail, uh, which was a city where my entire family's from on both sides. Uh, and to come in to trail at a time where uh, new ownership would come in, Rich Murphy and Andy Murphy would come in and put a major investment into the to the rink, to the facility, to the game operations. So there was so much momentum coming into the Smoke Eaters at that time um, that it was it was really exciting to come back just with everything kind of uh, coming through trail at the same time. And uh, we were fortunate to have some good players my first year, uh, had a really good crop of of young players thought the following year, my second year could really hit and take off. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting parts and it was just fun to be a part of that community. Uh, it was something I, 
I grew up growing up in that area. A young kid, we got to spend our summers there, but never really got to uh, live in that town full time and and just see the passion of those hockey fans. And so it was it was an amazing experience. Something I I would cherish for a long time, and I, I enjoyed it on. Uh, the management side and the coaching side. Yeah, one of those um, young players that you mentioned is uh, obviously Kent Johnson, who um, you coached him for his two years in the BCHL, uh, eventual uh, top five pick in the NHL, uh, now a, a high-end prospect in the league. So uh, I know you two had a, a good relationship. He's someone who, who attended Michigan like you did and kind of s- followed a similar path to you. So what was that relationship like between the two of you? And um, w- what's it like now today, now that um, he's in the NHL and, and you're uh, on the, the uh, executive side? No, it's been a really, uh, a really fun relationship to to build and now to watch him do what he's doing. And Ken was my first phone call, uh, DM of Trail. So uh, I was told that they had a, a very talented young player that was committed, and uh, it was my job to make sure that he came back and played his first full season in the BCHL of Trail. And uh, it was the connections were always they were amazing. Like you know, he's a Port Moody kid. Both came from the same hometown. Uh, we both kind of were coming in with the same aspirations of what we wanted out of our junior career. So there was a lot of stuff to talk about um, from a player standpoint from day one and really just were able to talk through what he was looking for, where he wanted to get to and built a strong enough relationship where uh, we were able to, to work together and I was able to just provide a spot for him to develop a player and put some good people around him. It really, at the end of the day, uh, one of the most driven young players I've, I've been around, so uh, it was more uh, directing and just allowing him to to work it the way he does, and um, try not to take any credit for him because he's he's worked for everything he's got, and just a, an outstanding kid who's uh, humble but extremely driven. So it's been it's been a great process to watch uh, just him come through, uh, you know, being a rookie in the BCHL, dominating the BCHL, going to college, being player there uh being a, an extremely high draft pick and now uh playing in the league this year so uh it's been outstanding i, I feel with with all those kids that, that played for me that it's like you're watching your your kids out there um have success and he's done an amazing job and i'm sure he's got a, a very bright future ahead and as for you um since your time in trail you've actually taken on a role you're back in the nhl uh, a role with the tampa bay lightning um obviously we're recording this just after uh the the stanley cup final so obviously not the result that that you were looking for that year but uh the team that's made the finals three years in a row one two of the three so um maybe just for those who don't know what is your role with the lightning and and how did that kind of come about so my role with the lightning is i handle uh the ncaa recruitment so it's uh, all the college free agents uh that come through the ncaa and then sign uh pro hockey deals uh, I'll manage uh, that process with uh, our team of team of scouts uh, on the pro side and the amateur side, and we were also tracking and uh, listing all the the drafted the drafted prospects and kind of where they're at in their their development their progression. Uh, and so that's a that's a big part of the college side, and then I also handle uh, a handful of teams on the pro scouting side. So it's it's a job that was really intriguing. Uh, it puts me on a little, lots of different sides of the business and allows me to be a part of college hockey, uh, something I've had uh, a long process with on, on the coaching side, 
and it's it's a game that I'm watching. So it's uh, it's been a really good fit so far, and I've uh, been fortunate enough since. Uh, I started with Tampa in April 2020 that we got the three finals. Uh, it's been amazing to watch our, our guys have success in so many different situations and middle of regular season and short season. So I've uh, been very fortunate to be a part of an amazing, uh, amazing hockey club for the last three years. Last question for you. So, uh, your, uh, your dad, Steve Tambellini is, uh, a former player who went the major junior route and, uh, ended up having a, a long career in the NHL and pro hockey. And obviously you didn't go that route. You took the junior a and, and college route. So just curious what you, you had that example kind of close to home to you with your dad. Why did you end up ultimately choosing the junior a route and the college route instead of, uh, playing major junior? No, it's, it's funny. Dad was probably the, the biggest promoter of the BCHL, mm. uh, and he was a guy that played in the Western League. But really, at the end, of the day, he was—he uh, felt his probably his biggest job process was just showing me both sides. And at the time, I was drafted by the Spokane Chiefs in the Western League, and he allowed me to to look at both sides and have a really good understanding of what the Western League looked like, uh, what the BCHL and the NCAA looked like. And and really, at the end of the day, it's it's all about finding for the individual player. And at that time, uh, you know, the landscape was different than when he came through the process as uh, as, a, as a junior hockey player. And, and really, you know, and I had a, had a ton of for what was going on in the Western League. Um, you know, Mike Babcock and Tim Spelch were the were the two guys pushing me from Spokane to come be a part of their program. And uh, it was just picking the program in the in the path that I thought fit me the best believed that the Chilliwack Chiefs with Harvey Smeal uh, was a great fit, that the University of Michigan with Red Barrett's was a great fit. And and I really wanted to have my degree uh, progress before I had a chance to play pro hockey. And that was a really big thing for me. Um, you know, today I'm doing a job that I'm using the degree I got at Michigan uh, for this role. So uh, college was always a, a really intriguing thing. I wanted to be a part of that uh, where uh, you got to play at a high level and go to class with some outstanding students. So uh, that was a really big thing for me. But again, at the end of the day, it's about players uh, taking a path that they believe in and they want to pursue. And some players, uh, they really want to play in the Western League and uh, have that that experience on the guys. It's the BCHL. And it's the one thing we, we did in trail was we never forced guys to to make a decision. If that's the way a player wanted to go, then that's, that's okay. And as long as they... They get to play the game they love and hopefully pursue an education. And you know we're 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 backing them either way. So uh, Michigan was my path, but uh, we never forced it upon for any other player. All right, Jeff. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was great to chat with you, especially after um, adding that award that's named after you. So uh, appreciate it, and uh, congrats on all your success now that uh, you've uh, joined the Tampa Bay Lightning. Great. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. All right, that's a wrap on another episode of the BCHL podcast. Thank you so much to both my guests, Jeff Tambellini, who you just heard from, and Kyle Turris, who was our first interview today. And congratulations to both of them. Uh, for having these new awards named after them. Congratulations to the other players with awards named after them, Michael Gartag, Campbell Blair, and, uh, of course, broadcaster Jim Hewson. 
they're all players and people that have uh, left a legacy in the game of hockey and uh, specifically in the BCHL. So uh, well, well deserved on, on all fronts and, and congratulations to the five of them. If you missed last week's episode, uh, you might want to go back and give it a listen. Uh, we did speak with both Campbell Blair and Jim Hewson um, about the new awards and got into their careers. Uh, and uh, Michael Garteg was a guest on the BCHL podcast back on April 15th, if you're looking to hear from him as well. All right, before we go, just a quick reminder to follow the BCHL on social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we are at BC Hockey League on all platforms. Um, right now, what we got going on is the league has started its Next Generation series. That's the off-season series we do each and every year where we highlight the new recruits coming into the league. Uh, new players that have been acquired via trade and we go team by team uh, and talk to the coaches get a scouting report on all the new players and new faces coming in so we started that this week we kick things off with the cranbrook bucks on monday as we start with the interior conference Uh, we put out the merit centennials on wednesday and later on today it'll probably be out by the time you're listening to this we have the reigning champion penticton v's in there new recruits and uh, off-season acquisitions. So uh, look out for your favorite team as we roll through all 18 teams before we get to the start of the regular season. And you can find all of those at bchl.ca and uh, on our social media as well. All right, that does it for another episode. Thank you so much to our producer, Greg Ballack. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again next time. 